everyone, Matt here and welcome to Looking Back at Lost, where each week I look at another episode of ABC's Lost to see how that episode fits into the series as a whole. Today, I'll be looking at episode 510 entitled, He's Our You. This is the 96th episode of the series, and there are 25 to go. Before we jump into the episode, first a message from a listener who says, Love the podcast, my friend. I was significantly late to the party, but I'm catching up quickly. Currently listening to what Kate did, should be caught up in a week or two. It's like going back to watch the series with one of my fellow nerds and discussing our theories. I'm mainly interested in the larger spiritual issues addressed in the story as a whole, and it's a fascinating journey. Keep up the fine work. I look forward to getting into real time with you by season six. So thank you very much for that uh, kind message, certainly. Uh, it actually was the first message sent to me uh, through the message system on Podbean, which is my, uh, my podcast host. So uh, very glad to, uh, to be uh, listened to. So thank you very much for that. And uh, I'd say at this point, let's now jump into the Wikipedia summary for this episode. In flashbacks, we see Saeed as a child who watches his older brother as he is forced by his father to kill a chicken as a rite of passage. The brother is unable to do it, so Saeed does it for him. This greatly pleases Saeed's father. Later, while working for Ben, Saeed kills a man in Moscow. This is the last man on Ben's hit list, leaving Saeed uncertain about how to continue living his life. After Locke dies, Ben visits Saeed and encourages him to go to Los Angeles. Following the events of This Place's Death, Saeed meets Elana at a bar, who skillfully seduces him, then takes him into custody at gunpoint. She turns out to be a bounty hunter, who has been employed to take Saeed to Guam by the family of Peter Avignello, who Saeed had previously killed for Ben, as seen in The Economist. After seeing some of the Oceanic Six preparing to board on the same flight, Saeed begs Elana to take the next plane, but she refuses. On the plane, after he sees Ben board, he asks Alana if she's working for Ben. Saeed describes Ben as a monster, and Alana asks Saeed why she would work for such a man. Saeed replies, I did. And in the 1977 storyline, following the events of the previous episode, Namaste, Saeed is in the Dharma Initiative jail. He is questioned by Horace, Radzinski, and Sawyer, who under the alias of Lafleur, is Dharma's head of security. Saeed does not say anything, and is later visited by a 12-year-old Ben. Ben's father witnesses this, and assaults Ben for bringing Saeed food. Saeed is later confronted one-on-one by Sawyer, who, in an effort to save Saeed, tries to convince him to give a false confession. Saeed refuses and is taken to Oldham, Dharma's resident interrogation expert. He's our you, as Sawyer describes him to Saeed, 
Oldham gives Saeed a truth serum, which forces Saeed to reveal his knowledge of Dharma stations. However, he also tells him that he is from the future, which discredits his story. Upon returning to the jail, Saeed is once again visited by Ben, who pledges to free Saeed because Ben wishes to join the others. That evening, several members of the Dharma Initiative vote to execute Saeed. Sawyer attempts to let Saeed escape, but Saeed refuses, stating that he has found his purpose for returning to the island. Meanwhile, at the barracks, Juliet expresses her concern to Sawyer that their relationship will be jeopardized because of Kate's return. Kate learns of their relationship from Hurley, and later that evening, Sawyer goes to Kate's house and asks her why she came back to the island. Before she can answer, a flaming Dharma van crashes into one of the houses, and while everyone is distracted, Ben helps Saeed escape. However, they run into Jin while escaping, so Saeed knocks out Jin and steals his gun. After saying to Ben, you were right, I am a killer, Saeed shoots Ben in the chest and runs off. And with that, let's now get into my thoughts about the episode. We open with the uh, with the recap of the Ben story, including the fact that they so very wisely had that Ben look like actor in uh, in a previous episode, and now they've of course got him back again on the show. There's also bits and pieces from the Saeed story that we see, along with the conclusion from last week. It's a bit of an oh duh moment. Of course, this was going to be a Saeed episode based on the storyline from last week. And that's a truth and a bit of a lie. Uh, the episode proper opens uh, into Crete with Papa Iraqi extolling his son, the big brother, to kill a chicken. Now, I think that we can see it a mile away that the dramatic shape of, quote, Saeed the reluctant killer suggests that Saeed is the reluctant big brother. Therefore, since it's lost, the, you know, smarty pants among us uh, can only assume that it is thus the younger brother that becomes the chicken killer. Um, even though I think it's a tad obvious if you're playing along at home, it's it's a good little story point nonetheless, especially fied for our or pardon me, especially for our dandified viewers, myself included, who don't really, not really think about where chickens come from, or at least you know that lovely chicken on the table. Anyhow, with, uh, with that flashback over, eager Ben is back to bring Saeed, and that's young Ben, is back to bring Saeed a chicken salad sandwich. Get it from the chicken coop to chicken salad. So he brings him that, a book, and he's also there to talk up the supposed native Saeed about his past, uh, meeting, for Richard, uh, meeting Richard four years ago, as young Ben did, and says young Ben, I've been patient and I think I can get you out. It is Ben to a T. It's continued gold from this excellent casting of this young actor who has Ben's bug-eyed stare down perfectly, as well as his specific enunciation. It's also Ben in the writing. It's not, hey, Mr. Other, if I spring you, will you take me too? It's, I am in control, so wait for me to act. It's perfect, absolutely perfect. With that, we get the title card, then a brief static shot at the end of a hallway, looking at the door. We're told that it's Moscow, and then the stillness of the scene is uh, kind of almost explodes apart. There's excellent camera work as the door just, you know, bangs open with a man on the run. 
The handheld camera follows him in what is a surprisingly long, continuous shot. The camera is shaking all the time. The man frantically gets his safe open in as Saeed bursts in. There's an offer of money which is declined, and the man is dead, all at the hands of 007 Saeed. The story continues with Saeed meeting back up with Ben, who declares uh, that the revenge job is done with, and then adds a mission accomplished. The statement feels very, very hollow. Now, you may recall that I once received a message uh, on the listener line, which, by the way, 732-707-1815, call the Google Voice number, speak to your heart's content. But anyhow, I once had a listener call asking that I not take my analysis of Lost to political places. George Bush's Mission Accomplished speech was May 1st, 2003. Lost 510, He's Our You, aired March 25th, 2009. Saeed's killing mission was senseless and brutal and unnecessary, having been precipitated by someone else, by someone in power. Here, the show is being political. It's not me being political. The show is doing it in those two little words from Ben, the mastermind. Mission accomplished. The flashback concludes with Saeed looking uh, just spent and uh, just put through the ringer and uh, there's the dramatic sense of him just being thoroughly thoroughly used it does of course get more tense Radzinski and Horace enter Saeed's cell the latter with an ominous, tortury looking pair of clippers it's a fake out of course did we really expect that they're going to torture the torturer uh, the clippers undo Saeed's zip tie handcuffs and Horace spells it out Either Saeed's metal cuffs, which were on him from that Ajira flight, and we'll see why in this episode, uh, either those metal cuffs spell out that he's on the outs with his fellow hostiles, or he's a plant. Of course, the third option, that Saeed is from the future, here returned to the past to do good and battle evil, that seems not to come up. Horace, of course, wants to keep the pace of the show moving nicely, so he gives Saeed an hour to think things through that the story moves to a plaintive Juliet looking out the window at what Sawyer calls the TV, which is keeping an eye on the neighbors, an amusing little, little uh, phrase there. This time specifically, the show that they're watching is Jack leaving Kate's cabin in the morning. Now, I think that we in the audience read what's going on as a silly, uh, you know, small puppy love sort of romance that's going on. Uh, these two do, after all, have a history in the last three years. I'm referring to Jack and Kate, of course. And Jack is certainly now guilt-free and clean as a whistle in the drug abuse department. So I don't think that we see a problem with Jack and Kate now cohabitating once again. However, Juliet sees things differently. It's over, isn't it? What's over? This. Us. Playing house, all of it. I never actually thought they'd come back. So they're back. Nothing's changed. What if Saeed tells them who he is? Saeed ain't saying nothing. Hey, I got this under control. 
the real key to what's going on here is the acting out of Elizabeth Mitchell. It's just simply wonderful. Juliet is such a strong, independent character that it's rare to see her so vulnerable. She's so in love. And, and it really is just uh, its kind of remarkable for its quietness and remarkable for the, the truth that the, that the scene brings. And it's also worth mentioning that her concern is the epicenter of her life. It's her relationship with Sawyer. And she's so aware that everything that radiates out from it, out from that relationship with Sawyer, uh, Dharmaville, their fake lives, etc., that this is all built on lies. With that, Horace comes in and says he wants to let Saeed, who still is, of course, the unnamed prisoner, uh, to be interrogated by Holdman, uh, to do his psychopath stuff on Saeed. Uh, Sawyer uh, offers up letting gee whiz Sawyer talk to him. And it's a lovely little moment uh, for we in the audience to snicker, especially after Sawyer says Saeed will eventually talk to him. So Sawyer goes to do just that. He sends Phil to an early lunch, hearkening back to uh, perhaps the best Saeed line of the entire series. How you doing? A 12-year-old Ben Linus brought me a chicken salad sandwich. How do you think I'm doing? A sweet kid, huh? How can you live with him here? Because I ain't got a choice. Is that so? Let's see how you feel after three years of living in the 70s. Lucky for you, I spent that time getting myself in a position to save your ass. I'm sorry, Saeed. What are you doing? When I tell them I got your confession, I need them to believe that you didn't give it up easy. What confession? We're going to say you were trying to defect. You're going to offer some intel on the others in exchange for living with us. And why in God's name would I want to do that? What the hell else am I supposed to do with you? Let me go. And then what? I can't just let you go. Why not? Because these people trust me. I've built a life here, and a pretty good one. I let you go, all that goes away. So you got yourself a choice, Chief. Either you cooperate and join the party in Dharmaville, or you're on your own. Then I guess I'm on my own. You know, for all of this being a Saeed episode, it's once again a you know, Sheriff Sawyer moment protecting his way of life. There's even uh, a little bit of the the Western motif to uh, or Western flavor to, uh, to to the music here employed for Sawyer. And it, this is a return to the basic Sawyer-Saeed conflict as well. They simply can't work together. The clip ended, of course, with an act break. Then we return to food maker Hurley. Da-da-da bringing lunch to Jack and Kate, with Hurley nicely spelling it out to Kate that Sawyer and Juliet are, as he says, roommates, but not as friends. There isn't much to the scene beyond Kate finding out, uh, then Kate finding out that the other two found out a long time ago, and, eh, is this just an excuse to have Hurley in the episode talking to the other two? I mean, there's not a lot of point to the scene. Not very interesting. But more interesting things are going on back in Saeed's cell. 
lowly Roger Linus workman comes in, uh, making fun of the prisoner and the fact that he was caught up uh, by those Dharma morons. The scene starts out as cute, if not intriguing. However, it quickly turns uncomfortable to watch in the best dramatic sense possible. You hostile supposed to be the kings of the jungle. How dumb are you that you got captured by these idiots? <laughs> and yet you're the one who mops up after them. Yeah, well. We'll see how cute you are once Oldham gets done with you, pal. With that, young Ben enters. What the hell are you doing here? I was bringing you a sandwich. A sandwich? You never made me a sandwich in your life. Yeah, well, I made one for myself. Uh -huh. So, so I just thought that oh, maybe... Oh, yeah, you did. Dad, yeah, don't! Don't you lie to me. What are you doing? You made this sandwich for him, didn't you? Hmm? Yes. Who told you to do that? Nobody. Nobody. I just thought that... You just thought, huh? Go home. Go on. I'll tell you what to think. This episode is, among other things, at times not easy to watch. Now, the clip also foreshadows Ben's sin to come. Ben, for all his evil, is just a child here, an innocent, unloved child. And one day, quite soon, in fact, in this episode, Saeed will shoot him. The same Saeed who, in the clip, was so very worried about the boy's welfare. With that, we flash back to Saeed working for charity in the Dominican Republic. Ben delivers the news duplicitously that Locke is dead, perhaps by murder, but clearly in retribution for the Ben-Saeed power duo against Widmore. It is amazing how Ben can get multiple miles on the same tire. Uh, he'll just take the same tool, Locke's death, uh, Jin's ring and so forth and just work it every which way possible as it might mean to you know or in a way that it might mean to each person anyhow uh, Ben affirms that Said is a killer and that he must kill the man outside Hurley's mental institution how far we have come from sweet boy Ben to the awful killer of a man in one scene I think some food for thought there in terms of in terms of the blame that we should place on Saeed for what happens at the end of this episode. Anyhow, with that, the story moves back to Saeed in the jail cell with Horace, Sawyer, and a whole gang of Dharma folk now following through with Saeed's go-it-alone path, which starts, apparently, with a taser to the crotch. How terribly, terribly awful. Now, while I think that it was to be expected... Uh, that Saeed would be taken to some sort of sciency torture lab, perhaps not unlike Room 23. It is instead a teepee in the middle of nowhere. It's also excellent casting. There's excellent acting out of Oldham. Uh, of course, sometimes Lost has to 
you know, play to the dull, cheap seats in addition to wee smarty pants. Thus, the explanation of the nonsensical title makes sense when Saeed asks who this man is. Sawyer responds, he's our you. Saeed forgoes the mystery drug via sugar cube, at least <laughs> by his own volition, and gets restrained to a tree. Shades, to be sure, of Saeed's torture at the hands of Saeed in season one. So what does the drug do? Well, it's, of course, administered to Saeed nonetheless, and our uh, heroic Saeed is told that he will, no matter what, tell the truth. As a side note, I don't know how this is so bad, how this is, I I guess it's the whole kind of drug dosage thing, but they kind of make hold him out to be... I don't know. He's he, he's so much worse by um, by reputation. He's that crazy psychopath. What does he do? He gives Saeed you know a shot of sodium pentothal or some other truth serum. That's it. Um, the fact that Sawyer then you know just trips unbelievably um, is you know is not the safest thing in the world. He also tells the perfect truth. So anyhow. There's a reaction shot at this point of Sawyer, having just heard that Saeed will tell the truth, uh, because we're back to threatening our happy castaways yet again. And with that, the act ends. After that, it's a novel return after the break. Ben is at the docks, sun ready to shoot him, as we see things from Saeed's point of view. That scene wraps up, and he ends up at a bar, drinking McCutcheon, and with his pinky up, mind you, Who's next to him? Well, we know it's Alana. He, of course, does not. And here she is wonderfully smooth and seductive, despite the fact that we know he'll end up in chains and she's got a badge. It's a beautiful, needy scene, this bar scene is, at least needy on Saeed's part. He's at such a low, and the writing, the lighting, the acting, they all hammer it home softly and painfully. Even Ilana, who we know will end up being bad news for him, she kind of can't detract from the the sense of malaise in the scene. Anyhow, with that flashback over, Saeed is starting to trip, and the interrogation begins. What is your name? Saeed. Saeed Jarrah. All right, Saeed. Why were you in handcuffs when we found you? Because, because I am a bad man. Were you running away from your people? What people? Hostiles. I am not a hostile. Then where did you come from, Saeed? I came on a plane. What plane? A Jira Flight 316. And that's how I returned to the island. Returned? You've been here before? Oh, yes. The first time, I was on Oceanic Flight 815. Crashed. I was here for a hundred days. Then I left. Oh, Sawyer. Who saw you? Who cares? None of this matters. Ask him about the flame. Quiet. What do you know about our stations here? I know the flame was a communication station. The pearl was to observe other stations. The swan was to study electromagnetism. 
But of course, that was before the incident. The swan? How could he know what we were going to name it? We haven't even built it yet. I told you, we saw the model. You see? He is a spy. Hey, I knew it. Radzinski! I'm not going to tell you again. Cool it. You're all going to die, you know. What? You're going to kill. How exactly would you know this, Saeed? Because I am from the future. Maybe I should use half a dropper? Oops. <laughs> you, you used exactly enough. more absolutely wonderful acting from Naveen Andrews, now trippy and overflowing with knowledge that comes tumbling out as the show's past and Dharma's future comes pouring on out as well. The story moves to the B-plot that, after more exciting stuff, feels very, very B-plot. Kate and Juliet having a little heart-to-heart girl talk about island dating, but thankfully the show doesn't linger. As Saeed and company return on the Dharma van, there's a little meeting of the minds in Horace's house about what to do with Saeed. It's an engrossing scene with Horace, Radzinski, and Amy taking center stage. Sawyer hardly has any lines. It's the show at its best, putting story first, even in the hands of a bunch of guest actors carrying the scene and the story, which results in a group vote to off Saeed for the greater good, down to Horace pushing kindly for the unanimous vote that must be coaxed lastly from Sawyer. Now with the notion of death to La Petite Mort, in which Saeed and Alana are back in someone's room for extensive smoochy face that turns into Saeed getting a kick to the face and a gun pulled on him, as she's a bounty hunter there to make him pay for shooting the man on the golf course. With that, the story moves back to Saeed's cell. Saeed again is offered a chance to escape, though he talks about having discovered a purpose to be there. It's one of those moments that are the worst to view the second time out. Saeed has decided that he is there to kill Benjamin Linus, of course, to kill that boy. And this fact is not stated out loud. For either Sawyer or the audience. I mean, we're about three quarters of the way through the episode. Uh, something tells me Sawyer wouldn't go for it. I think that most most of our uh, heroes would not go for it. Um, it's kind of interesting to think how uh, how Teflon Saeed is that we don't really pin this one on him in terms of uh, assigning guilt, despite the fact that uh, we can easily pin this one on him because we we see him doing it. Anyhow, um, the fact that uh, that Sawyer has uh, has been shot down, uh, <laughs> pun no pun intended, the fact that he's been uh, his offer has been declined by Saeed propels Sawyer to find out Kate's purpose for returning, and uh, they start to have a conversation about that. But it gets cut short by one of the. I don't want to say most surprising because we've had better zingers, but certainly one of the most uh, out of the blue moments of the show, that Dharma van on fire, which is propelling at extremely high speed 
and ends up hitting a Dharma house. As you first see it the first time, it's, it's really kind of a wonderful um, little dramatic thread because since we don't see it coming, it feels nonsensical and hardly thought out. Uh, however, very quickly, very, very quickly, one plus one start to equal two. Sawyer calls for help from all security, which lets us cut to Phil, of course, is uh, in the Dharma jail. Uh, Phil races out of security as the short hooded wonder wanders on in. The show kind of plays uh, a bit of a of a mystery here. Who could it possibly be? I mean, I think the minute that we... I mean, there's only so many characters that are that height. And it's Ben. It clearly is Ben. He's dejected and low and quite guilty and, of course, quite desperate. What happened to your glasses? My dad. For bringing me the sandwich. I know. My father was a hard man as well. I really hate it here. If I let you out, you take me with you to your people yes Ben I will that's why I'm here we have there again some absolutely fantastic acting out of this young man and in many ways, he's carrying the emotional thrust of the episode. And it is, of course, most certainly setting up Saeed's dirty trick. After the act break, Saeed and Alana are ready to board the plane. And Saeed is ten steps ahead of her as he sees Hurley, then Jack, then Kate, then Son. Here the camera tells the story as Ben enters the plane it's a steady, slightly slow-motion shot of Ben staring, not even staring down, just staring at with those eyes, staring at Saeed, silently conveying the notion of checkmate, as Saeed is reminded that he's always been in Ben's grasp, which just seems to be time and time again this, uh, this theme for Ben. At this point, two pieces of the story start to come together towards a perfect fit, as Saeed spells out Ben's sins to Alana, manipulator, killer, etc. She asks why she would work for someone like that. Saeed responds that he did. And with that, the story moves back to Saeed and young Ben on the run, hiding from a Dharma van, which stops and reveals Jin with a flashlight. And as a side note, uh, in, in classic Lost fashion, as Jin gets out of the... Uh, gets out he holds the flashlight up to his face now it is of course pointed away from his face but it's kind of uh the best place to put your face if for about five seconds you don't want anyone to know even uh, the audience at home uh who you are uh but of course he has not just a flashlight but a gun a gun that's going to get used quite shortly with saeed ready to cross the line i think that you could almost say that the show crosses a line that uh, indeed up until that point we could hardly imagine. Jin? Saeed. What are you doing here? How did you get out? Sawyer let me go. They were going to kill me. What? Attention! The prisoner escaped. The hostile is no longer in custody. Be on the lookout. He could be armed. 
They don't know he released me. Please, Jin. I need to keep moving. Okay. Let me talk to him first. Lafleur, this Jin here. Come in. With that, of course, Jin has been knocked out. Whoa. Where'd you learn to do that? Come on. We better go. He called the floor. You were right about me. What? I am a killer. In thinking of the show from behind the scenes as a production and not its own independent narrative, some questions come to mind. How the network allowed a child character to be shot in cold blood is anyone's guess. How it made it out of the writer's room is anyone's guess. Surely there must have been discussion that it would turn off the audience, that it would be too far. Yet it's the beginning of Saeed's descent back into the darkness. And it's a fall that is only redeemed with his death. And despite all of that, it's it's nonetheless tremendously shocking to watch, even on a repeat view. Young Ben is trying to escape an abusive home and an apathetic Dharma community. Uh, yes, I wouldn't just place blame at the father, uh, although that's certainly the epicenter, but also to the degree that no one in... Uh, no one in the Dharma community, the, the, you know, this great idyllic community, cares that he's getting knocked around at home. So who's the villain in this episode? So often we want to love Saeed, to excuse his sins of the past as being products of a time and place. It's something that I've argued passionately for in the past. But this episode's villain is certainly Saeed. Now, to be clear, it's not that I'm saying that this was a poor choice for the show. In fact, if anything, it's it's a case of drama taking you to a place that you don't want to go, but that uh, the creators of the drama can kind of wickedly argue for. You can't argue with the logic that Saeed has that the problem with his downward spiral and, and the downward spiral of so many others is indeed Ben uh, and that something must be done and who's the person who gets the job done it's the same Saeed that uh, we saw in the beginning of the episode when others would cower at the notion of getting their hands bloody uh, not him we saw that with the chicken and we see that certainly at the end of the episode there's a uh, a lovely haunting and terrible symmetry to uh, to the episode in that regard that starts with Saeed uh, being able to do things that others can't and it concludes on that note as well and uh, at any rate I'm certainly not critical of the show going there, I'm not saying that it is too much Uh, I think it must have been discussed as possibly too much, it must have made people connected with the show nervous, but um, it, it is a logical, dramatic conclusion certainly, and one that one that makes us look at somebody who I certainly have called our most heroic character look at him differently uh, I've said many times before that you know if, if, if you were going to be caught on an island and needed you know or if you were off island and needed 
help from one of these characters? Wouldn't it be Saeed? Yeah, except for that one thing in, uh, in episode 510 where he shoots a child, attempting to kill a child. Uh, and indeed, I think that uh, had it not been for the, the intervention of, um, of uh, the, the others, the hostiles, the natives, um, uh, the only conclusion we could have is that Ben would have died. So he would have killed a child. The fact that it wasn't some sort of marksman uh, <laughs> success of sorts is uh, is the dramatic conceit of it. It's the fact that you know we're he's put into a problem, Ben is put into a problem, the characters are put into a problem to you know that they have to scrape their way out of. So on that rather somber note, let's take a look at Lostpedia, which had precious little. There are times that Lostpedia overfloweth, and then I go to Wikipedia to get the episode summary, and it has some of the same facts and uh, has further facts. Neither uh, Wikipedia had nothing. Lostpedia had very little. Certainly very little that was worth our time, dear listeners. But anyhow, here we go. First, the episode features young Saeed in a flashback and a young Ben on the island. This is the first time in the series that two main characters appear as children in one episode. Also, Lostpedia mentions Sun only appears in stock footage. However, some of the stock footage appears to be unused or alternate takes from This Place's Death and 316. And that certainly lends a wonderful air to some of these, uh, some of the scenes in this episode where we're returning to a familiar spot. Um, it's not the continuation of, Kate, we have to go back, we have to go back, and she drives off. And then we find out that she drives off and stops the car. Um, it's not a continuation like that. It's this very familiar setting, and you really get the feeling that you're seeing it from an, literally another point of view, another camera position, uh, hence the unused and alternate takes. Last to be shared from Lostpedia is uh, that according to the uh, audio commentary by Kitsis and Horowitz, the, uh, the writers, uh, they reveal that some episode title contenders for this episode were The Redzinski Solution, and uh, also they say, says Lostpedia, perhaps jokingly, The Sugar Cube. I think that both would have been interesting choices. I mean, He's Our You is so uh, strange. You understand all three words. You do not understand what they mean. There's never been that sort of, uh, that sort of <laughs> use of those three words together. In fact, as I recall, um, let's take a take a little look here on uh, Google live to tape I believe if you type he's then oh yes if you type H-E-S not even properly uh, properly uh, putting in the apostrophe H-E-S space O the second Google suggestion is he's our you which uh, absolutely takes you to the Lostpedia entry the Wikipedia entry the IMDB entry uh, etc so the, it's such strange wording to the title that I think that it helps it stand out. And then when you reach that moment, who is that man? He's our you. It's just all suddenly explained where the Radzinski solution is cute. And it also elevates Radzinski to a degree that, frankly, he's not that, not that uh, worthy of. Um, he's a thorn in people's side. He's causing trouble with Sawyer. He's going to kind of, you know, that swan is going to cause us trouble in the future. He's going to cause trouble by 
reminding Kelvin and Desmond that there's not much of a way out because think of Radzinski's own way out in the swan. As for the sugar cube, that would have been, there's an elegance to that if you say, ooh, the next episode is called the sugar cube. But at the end of the day, the sugar cube is important. Well, it, it shows up in one scene. It's only important for 20, 30, 40 seconds. And uh, the fact that it ultimately is just a, uh, a, a device to, to, to uh, give Saeed the truth serum means it's actually not that important. So good, uh, good choice there with He's Our You. Which, of course, leaves us wondering, how could this happen? How could Ben presumably be shot to death? How will that change things? Well, just on cue, next week will be 5.11. Whatever happened, happened. Which uh, has been said before, but will be reinforced again, that uh, Ben was always shot, and all these things have always happened. Something that, uh, why we saw last week with... uh, picture of the 1977 inductees shown uh, by Smokey Christian to, uh, to Sun. So, I suppose with that, friends, um, that's where this episode, uh, this episode ends. And uh, best wishes to you all. And I'll talk to you all again next week for 5.11. Whatever happened, happened. Take care, everybody. And bye-bye. Bye-bye.